Hello, and welcome to the Date Night Movie Podcast. I am your host, Patrick Russell, and with me is my co-host, Ashley Russell. Hey! You know, normally each week we try to talk about a new film that's playing in theaters, but theaters are in some dire straits right now, you know, due to COVID, so there hasn't really been a whole lot of new content that's worth talking about. And, you know, news broke recently that Wonder Woman, 1984, which was really the only remaining big-budget temple left on the calendar... It's actually going to premiere both in theaters and on HBO Max simultaneously on Christmas. I think that's a great idea. I mean, the people that want to go to the theaters can still go to the theaters, but people that want to stay at home and, you know, and then pay for it at home. I love it. Yeah, given the circumstances, it's probably the best scenario. In my opinion, as long, just don't don't keep delaying these movies. I would yeah, say just like release them. You spent a lot of money promoting yeah. them already. Like yeah, just just release them. However you're going to do it, just put them out there. <laughs> so yeah, and that's I mean that's what Warner Brothers is doing. But you know this week we do actually have two new movies that are currently playing in theaters. The first is Freaky, starring Vince Vaughn and Catherine Newton, and the second is Let Him Go, starring Kevin Costner and Diane Lane. Both of these are distributed by Universal, yep. which is really the only studio right now providing the theaters with new content. And, uh, you know, the catch is that these films, they go straight to VOD after about three weeks. You know, like a year ago, this deal would have been a total non-starter. But yeah. theaters are desperate. <laughs> and, you know, just an example, like you and I, we saw this movie Freaky yep. at uh, the AMC Madison Yards here in Atlanta. And this is a brand new theater. Uh, it was gorgeous. I, I believe mean, it opened in a, January. And a nice area of town. Like, it's walkable. There's nice restaurants. I mean, it was a good spot. Brand new theater. Opened in January. I mean, that's some bad luck, yeah. right? To open in January, right before a pandemic hits and shuts you down. So, yeah, we, you know, we enter this, like, giant lobby on a Saturday night. And literally, the only people in the lobby are employees, right? Like, as soon as we walk in, I mean, giant lobby... No one there but employees. Yeah. And they're all masked up. They got gloves. I mean, there's plexiglass everywhere. I mean, it feels almost like a hospital. <laughs> like you're somebody's about a hospital lobby. And the bar is not open. They're not serving alcoholic beverages. You didn't like that. I did not like that. <laughs> you could just do bottles. You could, you know, like there, there's a safe way that you could do it. And because that's where they make all their money is through their alcohol. I'm sure they could. Yeah. I'm not sure why. Why the bars are closed, but the concessions are open. We but just walked right the, up the to the concessions. The bar at North Point That's was open. open. Okay. So I think it just depends on location. But yeah, it's it's a strange experience going to the movies during a pandemic. And you and I, we've been a number of times yeah. since COVID, you know, since theaters kind of opened back up. And it, feels, it still feels relatively safe. Yeah. And a number of different theaters. We went to a studio movie oh, yeah. grill. We went to Regal. And then we went to AMC. Um, but yeah, it, it still feels relatively safe. I think mainly because like no one's there. Yeah. Like it's, it's not crowded. You're not walking into like a packed indoor confined area. It's like true. you can, you got your choice where you want to sit. <laughs> <laughs> like, so yeah, I mean, that's a bummer for theaters, but, uh, you know, what a lot of them are doing is actually renting out their auditoriums for like a hundred bucks to groups of up to 20. And, you know, so you and your pals can watch like Ghostbusters or Star Wars Jurassic Park. Absolutely. The Matrix. And, you know, that's helping, I think, to fill some of the loss for theaters. But, yeah, things are bad. You know, hopefully things turn around. I mean, hopefully 2021 is a better year. Well, it's got to be. (laughs) Well, I mean, there's a there's a possible um, some vaccines. That's going to help. Yeah, I think theater stocks went up like immediately after that announcement. Yeah. 
So yeah, it's really yeah, not just theaters, but also like I mean, concert venues. Yep. The music any, industry, I think it's hurting pretty pretty hard right now too. Any any business involved in like public exhibition of any kind mm-hmm. is uh, just really got just gutted. Well, yeah, like hard. Broadway is still closed. Absolutely, down. And, yeah. Like, performing art, anything live performing arts, really hurt bad. But um, but yeah, I mean let's let's talk about this movie Freaky. You know, it has a, an eighty five percent on Rotten Tomatoes. And this is basically a Freaky Friday type body swap concept inside of a slasher movie. Yeah, so it, it's a it's a body switcher with a serial killer. Yeah, um, <laughs> but you know this movie is you know just a you know forewarn people. It's very gory. You know, it's a little bit more gory than I would necessarily like and appreciate. It's gorier than I, even I was expecting. And I mean, let's just let's talk about this cold open sequence. Yeah, it like started right at the beginning. It's a pretty solid sequence. And, you know, we start with this group of teens kind of having a party of sorts late at night. And this is like a 10 minute sequence where they pretty much all get taken out by Vince Vaughn's butcher character. I mean, Vince Vaughn, I mean, he's basically playing like a Jason Voorhees, like Michael Myers. type, Just like a masked psychotic killer. And he doesn't really talk. No, like there's very much like, like Michael Myers and Jason yeah. Voorhees, just like a masked, brooding psycho. And you don't really know anything about him and about his backstory. So this guy, I mean, they really make him like like an extreme psycho, which is one of the things that kind of helps the comedy yeah. later on. And um, yeah, in this cold open, I mean, one of the first kills we get, like a guy gets a bottle shoved down his throat. Yes. And then like split open... We see it break through his actual throat. His neck, yeah. Like, whoa. I, I've never seen a kill like that before. <laughs> and this is like five minutes in. Yeah. And so, yeah, that's pretty extreme. And he targets, <laughs> like, like, kids. Like, he targets high schoolers. Targets high schoolers. Well, yeah, and then the next kill, it's like this, you know, high school girl who he kind of grabs and just slams her head, like, into the toilet seat. Yeah. And then just crushes her skull with the toilet lid over and over. Yeah, it's pretty extreme, and yeah, some of the violence, it reminded me of Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Yeah. When that girl is just being, like, ragdolled around the living room. (laughs) Um, I didn't care for that scene in that movie. It's, you know, it plays, I guess, a little better here, because this is, like, a psycho character. This isn't, like, Brad Pitt or Hero. Yeah. And this isn't played for laughs, really, although it is pretty over the top. But yeah, so yeah, this, I mean, crazy opening sequence, all these kids get murdered, and then at the end of it, uh, he he spots this like magic dagger that's just like chilling behind like a glass display. Yeah. <laughs> so, like where where's where are well, they? Well, this is just a house. It, one it, of the it's, kids. It's the girl's house at the very end where she gets put on the hook. It's her parents. Okay. So her dad is an art collector, and antiquities collector. After he uh, picks up this dagger, uh, we introduce Millie, who is played by Catherine Newton. And she's just like a regular high school girl. Uh, you know, she has a couple friends, but she also gets bullied a lot. Yeah. You know, we see one scene, uh, her professor played by Alan Ruck. He's just kind of being like a total asshole to he, her. He is a complete dick to her. Real asshole. Like, whoa. Yeah. Like, what did she ever do to him? At first, I was like, is the teacher the butcher? <laughs> you know, and then, you know, because that would be. Nice twist. It would be a nice twist. It would have made sense. Uh, I mean, they're kind of just like setting up these characters who are going to be dispatched yeah. later, right? Like just giving like good a good motivation to take these people out. 
And so, yeah, I mean, I forget, like, the circumstances that lead to her being stabbed. But, like, she ends up getting stabbed by the butcher. And they're on, like, a football field. Well, it's homecoming. It's a homecoming game. And she's the mascot. And okay. her mom was supposed to pick her up after the game. But her mom got too drunk and passed out on the couch. So she <laughs> was left there all by herself. And she, like, tries walking home, like, by herself. She doesn't walk home. She just sits there. And then the butcher's in the, in the, parking, in lot. the parking lot. <laughs> I think she gets in touch with her sister, um, but and that's who saves her at the end of the day. Well, so, at that scene. and yeah, and so like they're they're like a little chase scene, and then he ends up stabbing her. Yeah, and you know, it's like a full moon or something, and like the clouds, some kind of mystical shit happens. We cut to the moon. I remember. Well, that. yeah, I mean, <laughs> I think the dagger is a soul sucker, or like, um, <laughs> and I think sure. that's why it didn't work. Because Millie was it, not a bad kid. But it does work with Millie. Like, it, it trades their bodies. Yeah, but I don't think it was... I think that was a mishap. I don't think it was supposed to do that. And so, yeah, like, the the switcheroo happens the morning after. Millie wakes up with the soul of the butcher inside of her. Like, she wakes up in, you know, like, teenage girl's bed. Yep. And Vince Vaughn wakes up... And like you know, like an abandoned shack, yeah, surrounded by dead animals, with the soul of the teenage girl, Catherine Newton, yeah. And so yeah, there's a lot of comedy during this stretch, where uh, I mean, we're just kind of playing on just the ridiculousness, yeah, uh, of like Vince Vaughn acting like a teenage high schooler. Oh my god, he was good. I will. Uh, He's I good. Will yeah, this is a good role him, for Vince yeah. Vaughn. Yeah, he he commits to both both parts very well. And a lot of laughs. I was getting a lot of laughs out of Catherine Newton acting like a serial killer. Yeah. And just like kind of like Like, stalking around the house. Yeah. (laughs) And like her eyes and like not talking and just. Just acting evil. (laughs) Really shady. And yeah, just I mean, the movie milks a lot of laughs out of this bit. So, yeah, I mean, that goes on for a while. And, you know, I mean, before we get into spoilers and I mean, there's not a whole lot to spoil. Overall, you know, what what did you think of this film? Well, you know, you didn't tell me that it was going to be a horror film when we were in there. I didn't ask. I just follow. <laughs> but well, there hasn't been anything to see. So whenever I'm like, hey, there's a movie to see. I, like, I jump right, up. Let's, let's yeah, let's do it. You know, for me, I'm not this genre is not my cup of tea. Um, I like suspenseful thrillers. I'm not necessarily a fan of gore. And they really went there with this. And it was just... Well, yeah, there's another kill later on. Yeah, where the, we'll the body, it, you know... The table saw. Oh, my God. Like Glorious. I was clapping. <laughs> oh, my God. I, I, lo- I looked away. It's pretty... Yeah. I, I mean, looked it, away in pretty much all the kills. Yeah, they're very extreme. So, yeah, you're not you're not a big fan of this genre. Mm-hmm. I, I get it. Did you like Happy Death Day? That was a director. That I mean, that was cute but that was like a pg-13 yeah yeah you know i don't mind like horror films like i'm more of a hitchcock type person where you know you can have like blood splatter on the curtain and don't actually like show (laughs) what's going on and you're not yeah you're not like a slasher movie i'm not 
like Halloween or no. Friday the 13th. Because this movie is no. definitely, definitely riffing on those. Of course, yeah. Definitely I mean, riffing it on the classic slasher. It wasn't bad. It was good. I mean, there's two... Um, I mean, obviously, this Vince Vaughn was was great in this the best, movie. The best he's been in a while. He's actually... He's been good. And, and then Millie has a friend named Josh who is played by... Misha Asherovich. He was... Amazing. I, a good scene stealer. Yeah, a I, number of good scenes with him. I mean, those two characters were really the breakouts in this movie, in my opinion. Who, him and Vince Vaughn? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, in general, it's pretty well cast. I think Catherine Newton is good as well. She's good. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I, mean, I wouldn't she, consider her a breakout, though. I mean, she She's act- funny as the serial killer. Yeah. I mean, she commits to that. I guess overall you were okay with it. You didn't love it because it's not really your cup of tea. Yeah. It didn't like win you over. Yeah, but I mean, it's it's not to say that it, it's not a lovable movie for somebody that loves... Slashers. Slashers. I think fans I, of I slashers think that would will, be, will enjoy I, this. Exactly. I mean, you get the humor, you get the gore, and you know me, I like story. Like, I didn't get his backstory. Why is he a horrible man? And... <laughs> You know, become the butcher. How does he do that? Maybe that's. A I mean, sequel. we don't get Michael Myers' backstory really in Hall- in the first. That's Halloween. why I don't like it. It's a classic. Nah, it's scarier when you don't have an easy explanation for what they're doing. I don't and what know. explanation do you want? I mean, they were like abused as a kid. I'm interested in the crazy. psyche. I'm interested in you know what goes on and and why people do what they what they do. What's their motivation? And so, yeah, I, w- I would say I, I did enjoy it. This is probably the most fun I've had in a theater in a while. You know, I mean, that's not saying much, really. Yeah. I enjoyed, like, the over-the-top violence and the humor, just winking nods to the genre. Yeah. This movie knows the genre pretty well. It's having a lot of fun. It's well-paced. It's not perfect. It's not perfect, but it, it's original. It's taking yeah, this is a Blumhouse it's taking movie. inspiration from other movies, but it, it it's, its come thing. together and it's it's done its own thing and it's original. Well, it's, and it's interesting. I, I guess sort of similar to Happy Death Day, and where you you're taking like a Groundhog Day yeah gimmick and putting that in a slasher movie. You can definitely see like the through line between these two. I think this is a lot better than Happy Death Day. But the, it's mm-hmm. written and directed by Christopher Landon. And um, yeah, there's a C. I mean, he made a sequel to Happy Death Day. Happy Death Day to you, which was not good. <laughs> but this is, uh, yeah, this is my, my favorite of what he's made. So yeah, you know, spoiler wise, there is a amazing scene with Alan Ruck where, you know, he's, the teacher that we were talking about earlier, like the evil bully teacher. Yeah, he's kind of bullying her. And, you know, Catherine Newton, she's the psycho at this point. And, I mean, they have, uh, like, a physical fight. And at some point, like, she gets him on his back up on, like, a workman's table. And she runs a table saw. And she just eviscerates him straight in half, straight down the middle. Like, head down to the sack. (laughs) Like, straight in half. Yeah, like, literally cut in half by a table saw. And she also no cutaways. Yeah, like we see the body just get. Yeah, well, I, I mean, cu- that is a good prosthetic I, effect. I personally cut away. <laughs> right. <laughs> the movie did not good effects. And and let me tell you, what high school has a cryotherapy? That was weird. Yeah. I mean, like, Where were they in the gym or like yeah, the lockers? It was in the lockers. It was in like the athletic, you know, room, and and there was like a cryotherapy. That that was. A stretch that was a little ridiculous and i'm just like 
Do you know how much people pay to go use that for two minutes at a medical facility? I'm not sure why any school would have like a cryo chamber. Right. And it's locker. Like how? Who is that for? Crazy is that? But the death was, that was pretty fun. This was the, the girl. The girl who bullied her. Right. Put her she's, in there. She's running. She's trying to get away from the butcher and she hides in a cryo chamber <laughs> And then, yeah, it gets dialed all the way down to, like, sub-zero. She, well, yeah, so she doesn't hide. She gets pushed into the cryo chamber. She's not, like, running and hiding? Uh-uh. Okay. Well, I mean, she was, but she found Millie. Right. After, you know, Vince Vaughn is trying to and say, Millie, hey. Millie pushes her in. And Millie pushes her in. Got and it. says and hide and, and freezes her to death. And then she falls out and shatters. It shatters. I feel like I've seen that death before yeah. in other movies, but in other kills, the movie gets a lot of points for originality. I mean, the bottle down the throat, who like snapped through the neck, Oof. and the you know table saw evisceration. Those are that's new new levels of yeah. kills. <laughs> We're taking it up a notch. So yeah, I appreciate that. I yeah, this movie it's it's executed with energy and gusto. You know, like I said, it's not perfect. There's a weird scene where like. Uh, Vince Vaughn, you know, as the daughter, he's like stuck in a depart. He's stuck in a department store changing room, and, oh, he, and he has like a heart to heart with her mom. Her mom, who works at the department store, and I guess they like they they talk about the dad or something. Yeah. It was a weird scene. Like we don't need to like have forced like character moments. Yeah, like I that. mean that it went on for a little while. Yeah, that could have been cut. I thought that, yeah, that that one scene kind of stuck out like, this is not necessary. <laughs> we don't need to do a dead stop for this. But yeah, and eventually they switch back. Like, it's another stab on like a full moon night. <laughs> uh, I well, forget. Well, they only have 24 hours. It all happens in this day on Friday the 13th. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's only for 24 hours that, and if they don't stab back, then... You're stuck like you're this forever. You're stuck like that forever. Yeah. There's, I guess, a lot of rules that well, this movie throws at you. <laughs> and another another um, spoiler is, dun-dun-dun, like every serial killer movie, Vince Vaughn is not dead when he's caught. So he's caught by the police, and he gets he's in an ambulance because he's on his death door, right. or they think he's on his death door, and he gets away. And this and is after they switch back. So like after Vince they Vaughn switch back, Vaughn. yep. This is like the final yep. set piece, yeah. And then it was the three, he gets into Millie's house. It's the three women. I guess Millie, her sister, and her mom. Yep. And Vince Vaughn, I mean, he's tossing these women around. Again, it's like Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Yeah. Just ragdolling women around this living room, toss them into TVs. But ultimately, Millie kills him with a stunning death. He takes a... um, I forget how he dies. A wooden, like a stake through the heart. Is that how she gets him? Yeah, but it's like a wooden chair leg. Sure. And she just rams it in his in his chest. There you go. And then kicks it in. That's good stuff. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, after getting like beaten around for a couple well, minutes. Yeah, I mean, I guess it for me it was kind of like, okay, Millie, you're you're kind of having that whiny teenager woe is me thing going on. And at the end I was like, okay, finally got a little backbone. Because she doesn't have a backbone. Like, she, she's... Well, yeah. She's, she's bullied go- in the beginning. She's gorgeous. She's beautiful. And she doesn't have a backbone. I just didn't understand it. Well, maybe I think that's her arc. Yeah. I'm getting it by the end. Yeah. But, yeah, you know, again, I thought Catherine Newton w- was pretty good in this. Uh, you know, Vince Vaughn, uh, as good as he's ever been. 
And so, yeah, you know, overall, I would give this like a B plus. What would you give this? I give it a C, just because I don't like I don't like the gore. And so the gore makes it bad. That's the whole movie. Is it's all gore? It's about a serial killer. But if I mean, you know. if, let's say hypothetically, if if you were okay with some slasher gore, okay, what? I'll give it a C plus. But that's as far as I'm going. <laughs> is it a good date night pick? Did I did I do good picking this? I, oh, I, at one point, I think you said I hate this. Yeah, you said something like that. I'm like, oh, oops. <laughs> oh. So what? Yeah, what do it, you think? it's grown on me since then. Sure. I mean, you know, I hate this is is an F. So I gave it, you know, a C. Yeah. So it it grows on me. You know, I think it could be a good date movie. Um, maybe not for like your grandparents. Well, yeah, this isn't. This is Probably for people like young, that y- younger. Yeah, like younger the gore. Audience. Yeah. Um, Aren't offended know. easily. Yeah. So why don't we take a a quick break? When we come back, we'll talk about Let Him Go. All right, we're back, and we're going to talk about Let Him Go. This movie stars Kevin Costner and Diane Lane, a.k.a. Superman's parents. And it has a 78% on Rotten Tomatoes. And this story, it takes place in 1960s Montana. And at the start of the film, uh, Kevin Costner and Diane Lane, uh, they're grieving over the loss of their son, who was killed uh, after being thrown from a horse. Yeah. And so their son, he had a newborn baby, and the baby's mom, Lorna, she marries one of the wee boys. <laughs> like, uh, it's a whole family uh, known as the wee boy clan. Yeah. And so Diane Lane, you know, one day Diane Lane sees this guy, Donnie Wee Boy, physically abuse his wife and their son in public. She's at like a traffic light, and he's just slapping around his family. <laughs> yeah. That's basically what happens, right? I mean... And this doesn't even happen until like 15, 20 minutes into the film. <laughs> so so yeah. this slap, I mean, this is kind of like the, the slap heard around the world, the inciting incident. And so that raises her alarm. And then like shortly, like I think she tells Kevin Costner like what she saw. I forget. Like, no, what she-, she doesn't tell him yet. Um, she goes and takes him, bakes the cake and then takes the cake to the apartment and the neighbor said that they moved out. They're gone. They're gone. Didn't tell them that they were leaving or where they were going. So Donnie and Lorna, they split with, with the baby. Yeah. So yeah, really like the bulk of the film is just Kevin Costner and Diane Lane traveling across Montana to find their grandson. Yeah. To get their grandson back. And, and North Dakota. Are they in North Dakota also? Yeah. Okay. I mean, great, great scenery. Oh, it's, it's really amazing. Really good landscape. Um, I think he, you know, Kevin Costner knew about this land. I mean, because it looks. Well, Dances yeah, Dance with wolves. wolves. Yeah, it looks a lot. It looks very similar. Yeah. I mean, the Dakotas must be a beautiful place. Yeah. Absolutely. So, yeah. And that's, you know, I mean, like I said, that's, it's kind of like a, a mystery drama th- thriller Thing. T- type movie yeah <laughs> I, don't, I, I mean this is a this was a weird movie this to was, be honest this was so weird and and <laughs> i will tell you like i was mad at diane lane's character because i just thought she was just so naive and like she's walking head first into a lot of dangerous situations and, in and, this she, film. and she's not even thinking about it <laughs> i mean she brings a gun that she doesn't know how to use yeah, I, I feel like, you know, maybe there are women that think this way or I, I don't know, but 
people telling them along the way the wee boys are some or family to watch be careful of they're getting a lot of warning signs yeah. about these wee boys <laughs> but they just they're really determined to, to get, get their grandson to get their grandson and i mean the best reasoning for that that i can think of is that you know because they lost their own son so this grandson is like i mean the only kind of like blood ancestor that they they have so that's why I guess they're so dedicated to you know bringing them home. Then, then why couldn't they go through the legal chain and file for like grandparents' rights or something? Do they even try? They don't even try. They I mean, this just is 1960s. And, and, I don't know. I and, don't know how that's successful. And, and honestly, they have no claim on that kid. Well, I think that's that's it. Yeah, if they tried to like sue for custody, I mean, how are you going to get it from the parents? Yeah. I that, mean, the mom, the mom, the mom show. I mean. I don't know. I just I, I feel a certain way about this movie, and I I think there's just a, a lot of of you know Diane Lane's character was just naive. Was there? She was weak. She was just determined not to listen to anybody but herself. I mean, Kevin Costner was saying, "Don't do this." <laughs> Everybody is pretty much telling her to turn the other way and go away. And then, lo and behold, everybody gets killed except Diane Lane and the baby <laughs> and Lorna. Well, yeah. Hey, so spoilers. Um, <laughs> but so I guess overall, you you're just kind of mixed on it. Think mixed? About, no, it was not a good movie. Yeah, no, there was That's not. Fair. It was not a good movie, in my opinion. <laughs> it was so slow. I it's, mean, it's paced really weird because yeah, yeah for a long stretch, there are long stretches where like nothing is happening. It, it's just. You know, Kevin Costner and Diane Lane, like, riding around eating coffee cake. It's it's fairly dull for stretches. And then, like... At the end, it gets interesting. And then in certain places, yeah. it gets absolutely insane. <laughs> so, it's it's an unusual flick. There, um, there was one scene where Kevin Costner, like, Diane Lane... They, this is the hotel scene. The hotel scene where his, he gets his hand chopped off. <laughs> Kevin Costner gets his hand chopped off with an axe. Yeah. In this film. So. <laughs> and we should say, uh, you know, the Wee Boy clan, uh, Leslie Manville, she's kind of like the matriarch, I guess, of the family. And also Jeffrey Donovan. He plays one of the Wee Boys. Uh, he's, he's a good character actor. And yeah, I mean, the Wee Boys are crazy. I'm not sure like what, like they want this kid for themselves. Well, yeah, they want to expand their Wee Boy clan. Right, because I don't think the other wee boys are married. <laughs> I don't think he. I think this is like the other the other wee this boys is the first aren't married. Wee boy, wee boy yeah. to get married, and doesn't she like marry him like out of necessity or something? Yeah, like she. She doesn't really like love this guy. No, that's good on her. Why? Why does she marry him? I guess I missed that. Do you well, know? I think it I means she's a widow. I mean, back in the '60s, being single with a kid, she needed somebody to ne- needed support. Needed support, needed a place to lay their head down. I mean, yeah. she, I, I get it. I mean, she didn't want to depend on the grandparents. And we don't, I mean, we don't. That she didn't really get along with. And we don't, we don't get a, a whole lot from Donnie, do we? I mean, he's, he kind of remains like a background character. Yeah, he, he's just, you know. Just not I think, a good guy. Well, I think he, he tried to get away from the family and that's how they met. And then the mom his mom pulled him back in <laughs> and got him into the violence. And, you know, I don't know. Do they drug run? Like, what? what is this, like, clan? Like, it's like I'm women not, abusing hill, hillbillies? I'm not entirely sure. I mean, that's what it is. I'm not entirely sure what the racket is. Yeah. 
Um, so I'm not sure about that. Is, is it Donnie who chops off Kevin Costner's hand? Yes. <laughs> because the mother makes him do it. And then when Kevin, <laughs> you know, that they go into the hospital, the sheriff pretty much says, you, you guys need to go. The wee boys are not pressing charges and made it seem like it was all about the wee boys that were. Yeah, the, the cops are, vi- were victims. The cops are on the side of the wee boys. Yeah. Yeah. So they have a lot of pull, I guess, in this like North Dakota town. Well, that's what I'm saying. I'm like, is it are, are they, you know, drug family? Like, are they just a kind of like a little mob? There are some I details mean, that are left. I don't know. Not fully fleshed out. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> and honestly, you know, like. I mean, like the ramp up to Kevin Costner getting his hand chopped off. I mean, it's like like zero to sixty. Yeah, in like a couple seconds. And then they make a an Indian boyfriend That's living right. by himself in the in, in the right. prairie that you know helps him he, he at the end helps. of the day. Yeah. So I mean, Diane Lane, she's not going in totally alone. I mean, they she does have this backup, but she's pulling people in to this into danger and into danger, and not even like apologizing for it and kevin costner's handicapped yeah i mean his hand is gone so he can only do so much well but i <laughs> kevin knew after i think because kevin i mean his character is a rancher without he's like a retired cop I he's think? a retired um ranger shh, or shh. yeah he's a retired ranger so i think he was he looked for outlaws and you think he could handle himself in. a little better right in a scrape like i i feel <laughs> But like, no, he just he gets totally overpowered. Yeah. And um But I mean he comes through at the end. I mean he definitely he knows that he's gonna die. And and honestly, like They a, come back to the house. Yeah. And, like in the big final scene. A, a rancher without a hand and a, and particularly your predominant hand, your life is done. I mean, your livelihood is done. <laughs> and so I, Did I mean chop off his right or his Yeah, left? his right. Okay. So his trigger finger. <laughs> Mm. That's why they chopped him off. Trigger finger. It's just—it's so crazy. <laughs> they just chop his hand off. And I just—I'm like, okay. And then it's, it's you a know, big, this is a big final yeah. scene, and I mean, there's like a shootout kind of right, like well, in the house. Yeah, Kevin Costner shoots everybody, and and the mom trying to shoot Kevin Costner shoots her kids. Doesn't I remember at one point? Doesn't he kind of like toss the baby over a balcony? Well, yeah, for she, Diane Lane, but or for the the mother to catch. Yeah, because Lorna was on the bottom. <laughs> Leslie Manville, she's like holding a gun on him. Yeah, and like he's overlooking like a balcony, and he just kind of like drops this baby off yeah. of the side. And I think he gets shot while while doing it. Yeah. So we're just yeah. I mean, like the insanity escalates in this movie. To a pr- it's so stupid. Pretty crazy degree. Yeah. And then, yeah, so he, Kevin Costner's dead. And then it's really just Diane Lane and Lorna. Are they together? Yes. And the baby. And the baby. And where and are they driving the to? the Indian sure. boy. Yeah. Where, where are they going? I think they're going back to the, the house on the ranch. And it's just them two. I mean, like, I, I feel... Okay. You gotta ask, was it worth so, it? Exactly. Because you know, Costner would still be alive. Well, the relationship between Diane Lane and Kevin Costner, I didn't, I mean, it was so broken, in my opinion. Like, they had good bits and pieces in there. There's some moments. But There's a couple good moments. There, I felt like their relationship was straight, especially after, you know, the, the son died. Yeah. And, you know, I feel like Diane Lane's character would prefer 
to have the grandbaby over her husband. Kim Co- that's what you got. Yeah. Well, I mean. Is that what you got? Well, I mean, now that you say it, I mean, that was the ultimate trade-off that she got. That I mean, right? that's We're exactly go on this what journey. it was. I want this kid. And she was smiling at the end. It's like, hey. And I, and I you know, saying, you know, I, I get her being happy that her grandson is out of that environment and, you know, all of that. I get that. But it was a, it, she paid a heavy cost for it. I mean, yeah. Ultimately, that, that was her, her trade-off. Uh, I mean, I want, she lost my grandbaby and husband is expendable. <laughs> right. Like, that's how I feel. Like, she didn't give a shit about her husband and knowing that her hu- dragging her husband into these dangerous situation, acting a fool. It's <laughs> it's reckless. Yeah. I, I mean, she just wasn't thinking about anybody else. But I need to get that grandbaby back, which it was never hers to begin with. Like, her grandbaby is not hers. Like, I I understand because, you know, my, my mother was a... She loves her grandbabies and she would have done anything for the for those boys. But at the end of the day... It, would she it, take on, like, a room of, like, gunned hillbillies? My brother and my sister-in-law, I mean, that's their kids. I mean, if my brother dies, it's my sister-in-law's kids. Like, it, it it's not grandparents' kids. Sure. The mom kind of needed to get herself out of it. It was up to the mom to get out of I it. I think so. It, it shouldn't have been up to the grandmother. It should have been up to the mother. Well, I mean, the movie's called Let Him Go. I know. And, and that's maybe, what... maybe it really is like, yeah. let, let it the fuck go. Yeah. <laughs> Move on. Let it go. Yeah. Um, but like either let the grandbaby go or you're going to let your husband go. <laughs> Bye-bye. You got to let one of them go. I mean... She, this she, movie, she made her choice. I know this movie, and, and then at the end, <laughs> I, I'm finally yelling. You know when Diane Lane's character finally gets a backbone, and she finally pulls a trigger and like kills. Does she kill Les- yes. Manville? Okay. And I'm just so like, it's about time. I guess kind of similar to Freaky, like yeah. last minute redemption. So yeah, I so mean, that was frustrating to you. Yeah, I mean, I I hate when movies portray women as weak. And I know that that's like a character arc. I don't and think I, this movie was trying to do that. But I, I mean, it did. And I, you know, these writers, you know, portray women as helpless and naive. And it just makes me upset and makes me irritated because women are not. Women are strong. I, and I women would, don't need to rely on men. I would imagine that this was conceived as like a strong role for a female to play. And it just, like, on screen, it just, it came off, her character maybe came off as reckless. Yes. And kind of stupid. Yeah. Oh, I wouldn't say stupid. I would say naive. (laughs) Naive. Okay. There you go. I wouldn't say she's stupid. I don't think, I don't think that at all. I just think she was naive in the ways of the world. I mean, sometimes you can confuse naive with stupid. Yeah. But this, this isn't it. (laughs) So what, uh, what grade would you give this? Oh, God. (laughs) Let, let's talk about this. I think I would give this maybe a D. Mm-hmm. Okay. You know, I was thinking like I would give it like a B minus because I just. It's wow. Re- it's really nutty. I mean, I admire the nuttiness. But talking to you, I mean, a lot of this does not work. <laughs> <laughs> just straight up. A lot of this does not work. And I did almost fall asleep. On a you did. I think it turned around. I think you were like. <sighs> so may. Uh, yeah. yeah, maybe I gotta be more in the C range. 
Okay, you fell asleep in the movie. <laughs> I, I mean, so I did not let, fall let's... asleep in the movie. I mean, I, I thought about it. <laughs> you closed your eyes a couple of times <laughs> with some drool <laughs> down your chin. Um, it's false. <laughs> is that fake news? It's false. <laughs> it's false. It's not true. So, but yeah, I would not think this is a good date movie at all. <laughs> what about for grandparents? Like, is this a good date movie for like the, you know, the, the 60 and upset? I don't know. I don't think so. <laughs> I think grandparents would be bored. I think grandparents will eat this shit up. Maybe. Agree to disagree. I think if you're in the 60 and up bracket, yeah. this is this is your date movie. Like <laughs> This is your jam. And if you're, you know, like 40 and younger, freaky is more yeah. your jam. And that's I mean that that's that's kind of the gist of it. I mean, I'm, I'm glad that, you Definitely know... To check out Freaky. Well, yeah. When it comes to streaming. I mean, and these movies are original. I mean, we're we're still figuring out what movies we're going to be covering week yeah. to week. You know, we take it <laughs> we take it one week at a time. I guess, like, it, it feels like this year, theaters are have kind of just been like, like a form of advertising before movies hit streaming. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, I guess that'll do it. And you can find more episodes at anchor.fm slash movie date night, as well as on Spotify and Apple Podcasts, where you can rate and review. We're on Twitter at DN Movie Podcast, and you can also email us at date night movie podcast at gmail.com. Until next time, I'm Patrick. I'm Ashley. Thanks for listening. See ya.